You're listening to part three of our Lies at Work series, and today we get to the actual lies at work. So far, we've talked about the truth in all his glory, meaning Jesus, the biggest conspiracy ever, which is about Satan and his schemes and his ultimate plot to overthrow God's kingdom and to use our current fallen state against us. And then today we are going to talk about the actual lies we tend to believe or that we are tempted to believe. And something to keep in mind is Satan is very good at tailoring um, deceit and lies, and he crafts them for each individual, meaning there are hundreds of variations. So we are going to talk about some of the most common lies, but then we are going to get into the actual roots of all of the lies so that we are better able to recognize them that um, that are maybe more tailored to us as individuals. And then we are going to, I'm going to share something I learned in church. We had um, a guest missionary and he shared something that really helped solve a personal problem of mine that, um, which is about how I can change conversations. When I go out of my home office and I see people, which is so necessary for us when we work at home, we need to actually have interactions with the public and people, even if you're an introvert like me, um, you you still need that human contact. Um, But I have a hard time sometimes transitioning the subject if I want to witness to someone. And how, how do I just bring that up? And he had such good ideas. And he had a couple of very specific um, questions that we can ask someone um, when we are just ha- when we're having a conversation, um, maybe in a coffee shop or at the hairdressers or something like that. So keep listening. And I have some, some good things to share with you today. You are listening to Working Upward, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. Well, hello there, and welcome to Working Upward. I am so glad that you are here and listening in. I'm glad that I'm here. It's been a little while because I have been giving myself a lot of grace for this transition year for us. If you're new to Working Upward, my husband John and I moved from Georgia to Iowa um, in January, where he is a pastor now. And uh, we are getting used to our new life, and I'm getting to know our church family and trying to find doctors and dentists. And of course, it's been an eventful um, eventful year for our family as well, with different things going on. We have a wedding next week. Um, so um, all that to say, yes, I have been giving myself extra grace this year. So the episodes aren't coming in like clockwork, but they are coming in. So we are on um, part three of our Lies at Work series. And today we are going to talk about um, the different lies that we are tempted to face um, as we work from home um, in our work and um, other areas of our life and what the root is, you know, the underlying root um, for those are because 
Satan likes to twist things and um, he customizes his lies for each person. Um, so, uh, because he's conniving and he's sneaky and evil and all that. So, um, we are going to talk about some common lies and then the roots for those lies. And then next week, I'm excited about that because we are closing the series on a positive note, a high note. We are going to talk about spiritual warfare and um, the the tools and the um, the weapons and the armor that God has given us um, as we fight the lies and as we cling to the truth here in this world. Um, so that is coming up next. Now, um, this is our Death to Death segment, which is at the beginning of every episode where I like to share some practical things with you, some productivity tips, things that are usually reminders, just my way of helping you with um, encouraging you with mindset. And um, hopefully you um, you learn new things as well. Um, but today I wanted to talk to you about a specific struggle that I, I have discovered and you probably can relate to is what, what happens when you work at home and you want to be a light in the world. What do you do? Because you are at home and the world is supposedly out among you, um, out, you know, at the coffee shop, at an office or other places. So I wanted to encourage you with a couple of things. Um, number one, um, being a light at home is being a light in the world. So keep that in mind, especially if you have younger children at home, you can be a light to them and you can show Christ to them. Um, and that is just as important as sharing Christ with um, a stranger in a coffee shop, okay? it's um, God has different assignments for us depending on where we are, what stage we are in life. So just keep that in mind. Um, the second thing that... I wanted to share is that if you pray for opportunities, they will be there. So I think um, part of preparing for sharing the gospel with others is prayer, um, big time. I don't think it, I know it. Um, so when you pray for opportunities, God will bring those to you. So don't worry too much about um, about or feel too bad about not having a lot of opportunities because God will give them to you if you ask. Um, and then the the final thing, I am going to make a whole episode about this later on because it's nuanced and there's different things that I can share about being a light to the world. Um, there's different ways you can share God's truth to a hurting world. You have you can be God's light online. You can be God's light at home. Um, the way you would share with someone um, like a total stranger um, waiting in line somewhere is different than how you would share with, or, well, the truth is always the same. The gospel is always the same, but how you would approach it might change depending on your relationship with the individual. Okay. So, um, this is what I've learned recently over the past year. God has really been impressing on me how I can be a light. And it's been a challenge because I work from home and I don't go out a whole lot. Um, especially now that I don't live by a Starbucks, <laughs> I live a little bit, um, you know, a little way from things, um, from Des Moines where, um, a lot of the amenities and my usual haunts, um, 
would be. Um, but I do have a coffee shop here about 20 minutes away that I go to at least once a week. And, you know, I go to get my hair cut and, and things like that. So there are opportunities. And I have struggled with how do I bring a conversation, like small talk, how do I bring that to a spiritual conversation? I've read a couple of books that have really helped encourage me and inspire me and make me made me want to share the gospel more. One of those I've already shared in the podcast. Um, it is called uh, Still Salt uh, by Rebecca Manley Pippert. She also wrote one before that, like a long time ago in the 70s, called Out of the Salt Shaker and Into the World. Both are excellent, excellent books. Um so they those that has inspired me. Um, also, I am reading right now a book called Tactics by Greg Kukul. I actually don't have that in front of me, but I believe it starts with a K. And I will put that in the show notes as well. So that has been the groundwork. You know, God has been using both of those to help me um, prepare for sharing the gospel out face to face in the. I was going to say real world, but honestly, I don't know if there's a difference between between uh, that world and an online world because people are online more so than in a coffee shop these days. It sure seems that way, doesn't it? Um, but here is the little tip that I'm going to share. This is the main takeaway is one of the best ways that you can shift a conversation with someone. Maybe it's your hairdresser. Maybe it's someone that you are sitting adjacent to in a coffee shop. Um, but one of the best ways to shift the conversation from small talk to a spiritual subject matter is to um, ask if when they were younger, well, actually, first of all, just let me preface that by saying um, you can often make that transition from small talk to a spiritual conversation by mentioning if you are active in your church by when they ask you what you do, you can mention that you work from home. You can mention that you're a mom. You can mention your different roles, but you can also mention your church. And that is a very easy way to let someone else know that you are a believer. Um, so that's really a good way. Um, a second way, and kind of it kind of um, grows from that, after you mention that, you can say, something like, and I learned this from a missionary that came to our church a couple of weeks ago. Um, But one of the things that you can say is, when you were younger, did someone take you to church? And the reason that question is so effective is because if they don't go to church now, they're not going to feel bad. You know, you're not, if it's better than saying, do you go to church anywhere? And then saying, no, I don't. And feeling kind of judged or guilty about it. Um, It, kind of takes them away to their childhood and also kind of puts the, uh, not blame, but, uh, you know, they're not responsible for whether someone took them to church or not when they were younger. And so that can open the door pretty well um, into spiritual conversation. And that can even lead to the next question, which would be um, something like, um, can you tell me what your spiritual journey has been up to now? 
And uh, you, you'll have to feel the situation out depending on what that is. But if you struggle like I do and wanting to take a conversation to a spiritual level with someone you don't know very well, but you have a little time to talk with, um, that is an excellent way. So I have not tried this out yet. So there are <laughs> disclaimer, but um, the missionary, we went out to lunch with him afterwards, and he gave us several examples, and it appears to be effective. Um, there are different ways that someone can share content with you. Um, I have I learned this as well. Um, I forget where I picked this up, but I can share with you as an expert, and that's what I do with my virtual assistant course. I can share with you as a guide. Um, that's kind of what I do, too. Or I can share with you as a fellow traveler. You and I are in the same boat. And actually, I don't know, maybe you have a lot more experience in sharing the gospel than I do. Um, if you're listening to this, I want to hear from you. I want to learn from you, okay? Um, but right now, I do not consider myself the expert or even a guide. I just consider myself as an encourager in this topic of, of being more bold with the hope that we have that this world so desperately needs. So um, those are the questions and that I want you to take away is next time you have some time to strike up a conversation with someone um, that you maybe you don't know very well. You can definitely try this, okay? And the worst that can happen is they get they get upset. I mean, in the long scheme of things, that seems like a small price to pay um, because you could have a role in leading someone to the knowledge of your Savior and um, being saved um, for heaven and um, escaping hell, and, you know, to be blunt. So uh, just keep that in mind, those two questions that you can ask, and then be prepared. Um, if that opens a door, be prepared to share the whole gospel with them. Um, but if it doesn't work out where you can share um, the entire gospel with them, take um, courage and um, encouragement knowing that you've planted a seed. And that is um, when you go out in the world, that's a good goal to have is, Lord, just help me to plant a seed of truth in someone's mind and someone's heart today. Uh, use me, Lord, to do that. All right. Now, finally, it is time for our word of the week and its corresponding biblical mindset devotional. Fun fact, I got sick between the first part of this episode and this next part. So even though I am feeling better, my voice is still not up to par and it's going to sound a little bit different. Discernment. According to gotquestions.org, discernment is defined as the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure, an act of perceiving something, a power to see what is not evident to the average mind. The definition also stresses accuracy as in the ability to see the truth. Spiritual discernment is the ability to tell the difference between truth and error. It is basic to having wisdom. I've used the idea of recognizing counterfeit money here before, and it fits here perfectly again, so I'll remind you of this principle. There are so many different types of counterfeit bills, 
that the best way to recognize them is to know the real money so well that it's easy to spot the fake money. The same concept holds true for the truth of the Word of God. Hebrews 5.14 says that when we know the Word of God well, we are, quote, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil, unquote. In other words, we will be able to distinguish the voice of the world from the voice of God. My prayer for you is that through a close walk with the Lord and time in His Word, you will develop discernment to recognize the lies in the work-at-home arena and beyond. Now, there's no way that I can list every lie that you and I face on a daily basis, but what I'm going to do here in this short devotional is highlight what I consider the biggest categories of lies that we face and then illustrate those with a few more of the common ones. I think this will help you as you read books and articles for your work and have conversations with clients and other friends in the work at home space and listen to podcasts and scroll social media. I think it will help you quicker identify those ideas that don't quite mesh with the truth of God's word. So here are the categories that I think that most lies, at least those in the workspace, tend to fall into. Category number one are what I call diluted lies. These are lies that water down the truth. They take an element of truth and put all the emphasis on that, meaning that the the real truth, the most important part of the truth and the big picture is just um, not able to be seen. An example of that is the lie, money equals success. Now there's an element of truth in that. And you can fill in the blank with whatever, money equals success, um, maybe fame or Instagram followers or email subscribers or whatever success looks like to you that isn't what God says success is, which I'll cover in just a second, um, equals success. Here's the thing about those kinds of lies um, is it's that It is true to a degree. Money is a big factor in success. If your business does not make money, it is not viable. It will not last for long. Um, But it does not equal success, matter of factly. It's not that simple. Um, Here is what, um, here is a verse that really explains to us what success really looks like in God's eyes. When King David was about to die, He gave his son Solomon the following advice. Do what the Lord your God commands and follow his teachings. Obey everything written in the law of Moses. Then you will be a success no matter what you do or where you go. That's in 1 Kings 2.3. So it doesn't matter what you do or where you go. You will have success when and only when you obey everything that God commands you. Um, so that is what the Bible says is success. A couple more lies that are in this category of diluted lies, lies that have an element of truth, uh, but that is watered down um, compared with the emphasis of that particular statement or lie. Um, one lie is you've got this. Here's the deal with that. You do got this. <laughs> you can't. The Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when you say, I've got this, in a way you do, but only through Christ 
who strengthens you. And that is not in that statement at all. All the statement says is, you've got this. So when you say, I've got this, or you've got this, and you leave off the main focus of the truth, it's through Christ that strengthens you. He is the reason why you can do it. So he works through you and and you are doing it, but it's through his power. And in, and the last lie that I will share with you in this category of deluded lies is the lie to follow your heart. So here's the deal with that statement is that Jeremiah 17, 9 says that heart is deceitful above all things. So when you have a statement or a slogan that says, follow your heart, you are headed into dangerous territory. But at the same time, we have Psalm 37, 4 that says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So it is, we can follow our heart, but only when we are truly delighting in the Lord and we are following him first, then he will give us the desires of our heart. So uh, money equals success. You've got this. Follow your heart. Those all have an element of truth with them, but they leave off the big picture. They leave off the most important part that it's Christ who strengthens us and allows us to do things that um, when we delight ourselves in him, then we can finally trust our heart because our heart is his heart. And then last, even though money is necessary to have a successful business, it does not define success in God's eyes. What God sees as success is totally different. He looks at our heart and he looks at whether we are obeying his teaching. Category number two includes what I like to call distracting lies. These are lies that distract us from our mission. They usually distract you from your God-given mission by putting the focus on something or someone else, and that someone else is usually you. Uh, This includes lies like, I need to be more popular on social media to be successful, or I just don't look right to be successful, or so-and-so is better than me, or who am I to do something like this? These, This is the comparison game. Uh, this is in the imposter syndrome that we can all struggle with. These are lies that have to do with um, our, our insecurity or our identity. And even though it is important for us to know to have our security in God and our confidence in God and our identity in God and to fight these kinds of lies with the truth of who we are, uh, they do distract us from our mission by putting our attention back on ourselves. You can fight these kinds of lies by remembering truths like you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's Psalm 139, 14. Or 1 Corinthians 1, 27, God loves to use the weak things in this world to display his power. And then Ephesians 2, 10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He created a specific plan for you. Category number three, dirty lies. These are lies that completely derail your mission. They usually are about your work itself. So the end result is you are working day in and day out with no sense of mission or the completely wrong mission. Some lies in this category include God doesn't care about my work. We completely forget 
that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He absolutely cares. Another lie in this category is, uh, work is just something to do to pay the bills. Not true. Remember back in the garden when everything was perfect and God said it was good. This was before the fall. There was work. Work is a gift from God and it's always been a gift from God. It is not just something to do to pay the bills. For um, for a follow-up in this category, for these dirty lies about work itself, I encourage you to go back to the very first, first episode of Working Upward and the second episode. One, the first episode is called It's Nine O'Clock Somewhere or Why Work is Good, and that will lay the foundation of what work is all about and why it's good and God's gift to us. And then the second episode is how to know your true calling from God, and that will help you identify your mission. Okay, so let's review. There are three categories of lies that we face in the workplace. There are deluded lies, lies that have an element of truth in them. There are distracting lies. These are lies that take you away from your mission. They put your attention on something else, usually that is yourself. And then there are dirty lies. These are lies about work itself that completely um, either change your mission entirely from what it should be, or they just derail you from where you once you knew where you were going. And then you're completely forgotten about that because you have the wrong idea of what work is. Some questions you can ask yourself when you face statements or these thoughts enter your mind are, is this the entire truth? What is it missing? Is this turning my attention to myself or someone or something else besides my God-given mission? Or you can ask yourself, is this even true at all? How does it remind me of God's mission for me? All right. Well, thank you for listening. I hope this has been a help to you. I apologize for my voice. It still doesn't have full strength in it. Next time, barring any illness and Lord willing, I'll close this series with the final episode in the Lies at Work series, and we are going to cover our battle plan. What tools does God give us to fight deception and to develop discernment? What does it look like to put the armor of God on every day for our work? Stay tuned and keep looking upward. Thanks for listening to Working Upward. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. It's absolutely free and you'll get episode-related resources delivered straight to your inbox. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign-up link. Until next time, keep looking up.